0: Okay, we are back in business for halacha in modern settings. Today is going to be a specifically Jewish one, juicy one. I had the great merit to be at the um Kala of my alma mater, Yeshiva Neh Yisrael, and I want to thank Rabbi Fran for supplying, and my Rebbe, Rabbi Sri Berkowitz also, for supplying most of the material, if not all, except one, one couple of issues for the, for this class. Today is going to be talking about when are we allowed to break halach in order to preserve human dignity. It's a fascinating shir. So the first Gemara is in Brachot, page 19b, it says, <laughs> So sometimes it's good to be a nudist. <laughs> it says, the you know, sometimes uh, you can't mess around. Just like our, everything we eat, Needs to be kosher. Everything that comes out of our mouth needs to be kosher. Our clothing needs to be kosher. Are we allowed to have wool and linen? Especially sometimes here, the the string they use is what linen, and then this is always what wool. So it says, albeit, uh, this is only applies for Torah. If you break, but if you find that you're breaking Torah la lion you're wearing unkosher clothing because it's a mixture of wool and linen. You have to strip yourself in the middle of the Dubai uh, global market, right? <laughs> in the middle of <laughs> Beverly Center or Wilshire Boulevard. Why the Gemara says that? Look up the Gemara. It's on the first lines of Yud-Ted uh, as uh, the 5th through 6th, 7th line. Because it says, there's a pasuk. it says, Don't be a wise guy, don't be too... Clever when it comes in front of God. God's word is final and binding. And it says, my And it says, And it says not only that. It says, it, For a Jew in public to be wearing something. Let's say, Just like there was a, for example, Guys, the way I'm understanding tomorrow is, Just like sometimes, you know, Certain people are diamond dealers, that could tell, tell a good diamond from a mile away and some people know everything about real estate, it could be that there was a time where all Jews were in the clothing business. And it was clear that what you're wearing is a mixture of what? Wool and linen. In that case, you're even supposed to tell your Rebbe in the middle of the marketplace and literally pull down his pants. Because whatever there is, Kilul Hashem, a public desecration of the name of God, we don't even respect Torah anymore. Why is that? Because the respect of God overturns and triumphs everything. Right? So, the Gemara has a, a little bit of a problem with this because we have another conflicting halacha. The Gemara says that uh, we come like around 10, 15, 20 lines down, it says, but we says, It says, human dignity, what are you saying? Take the pants off your Rebbe, become nude in the middle of the street because you have a and you know, and the problem was people didn't used to have pants, they used to have a those like you were in Dubai, they used to have the what? The long robes. The robes. So if the robe has tightness, you're you better have. Let's hope you have boxer underwear, good underwear, or the Hasidish underwear that comes down. Because if you if you you know realize that you're mistaken, you need to take it up. But there's another halacha that says we could even go against the negative commandment of the Torah in order to preserve human dignity. So how do these two co- coincide? You understand? So Gemara says the Gemara comes out finally. That that we say that you're allowed to reject one of the laws of the Torah and break Shabbat for example for for human dignity is not Chasr Shalom talking about Torah Shabbat. It's talking about rabbinical laws. So in order to preserve human dignity, what are we allowed to do? The Gemara says, love the Lord Tasser." One of the 630 commandments is we need to listen to the oral Torah, right? The rabbinical law. That law, God says, God, since God gave the Torah, God says, listen, if somebody's gonna get embarrassed, like the guy that has to strip naked, right, or be in his underwear, cut you know, you, you cut with your pants down, this guy's gonna get cut with his pants down, if it's only shotness on rabbana, by the way, good news for you guys, 99% of the shotness we have is the rabbana, because only if the fiber of the fabric is mixed with wool and linen, it's, it's not so easy to have shotness that's from Torah. Maybe we'll have another class regarding that. But I took a course on checking shotness. Doesn't mean that we don't need to check it, but what, what, what it's saying is that as long as the sin that's going on is rabbinic, Hashem gives you the permission to go against any rabbinic law in order for the person not to get embarrassed, right? So this brings us to a fascinating Rishon, one of the first Achronim. He was a contemporary of the Shulchan Aruch, which is who the Truma The Truma Sadechen brings a very interesting question in Resh Pei in uh, two hundred eighty-five. What's a let's let's bring a practical example of the Gemara we just learned? Is a Kona allowed to be in the same room as a dead person? So here's a fascinating question for you, right? Because in this Thursday night class, we always want to bring halakha to modern. These settings. So let's say you have a lot of Kohan friends, right? As do I, and all the Shirazis are coins. so <laughs> my two son-in-laws are coin. So what, what comes out is like this. Let's say inside a home, somebody's great grandfather dies at 120 years old, right? And your father's a cohen. And uh, you're, you're, it's your father's um, grandfather, right? So you're not allowed to stay in the house. But you know for a fact, your father just jumped in right. to go in the shower. While your father's naked, do you need to grab his hand and say, Daddy, let's get out of this room. You know, like Yosef was running away, naked from the wife of Potiphar, from Zalecha. Or, on one hand, you could say it's a right. chilu Hashem, right? A coin can't be in the same room as a dead person. Right? Or do we say, listen, for the sake of honor of human dignity, guys, we know. Uh, I just want to say that the, the, the reason I like this class so much is because it shows us that how important it is not to make fun of other people and because any rabbinical law in order to preserve human dignity, we're allowed to override. That's the Pshad and Gavid Kadokavadabrias. So the Trumas Addition basically comes out like this. The trutheship says another chidush in this sugi of and it's based on the Gosh. He basically says that you don't need to alert him till he gets his pants on and gets his clothing on, right? So this is the Um sequence of events, right? You are sitting in your great grandfather's house, he passes away. You know your father's your father, which is the grandson, is naked. Do you need to quickly pull him out of the house? In his, in, he's going to get sorely embarrassed, even when he is not naked or just has his, uh, you know, underwear on. So the Truma and Paskins that because of human dignity, you're allowed to what? Delay. Um, doing that. So you, why? Because, um, to quote the Trumah Sadashen, the Truman Truma Sadashen is based on the Rosh. The Rosh says like this, So going back to the case of getting naked in the middle of the street, right? Pulling down your Rebbe's pants, right? Because he's wearing wool and linen together. The Rosh says, of course the Gemara is to be taken literally. But let's say, See, this is a difference of how to learn the Gemara between the Rambam and the Rosh. Let's the, the case of the Truma Sadechen is you, is the father aware that his grandfather has passed away? The grandson, no. So the question is, do I, the, the great grandson, have to go tell my father to immediately nakedly escape escape out of the house? The Rosh and the Truma Sadeshin hold no. Why? Now listen to this. <laughs> so the rush says a fascinating thing. That Gemara is only talking about which case? If the person himself becomes aware that he's wearing kilayim, wool and linen together. But in a case where another person is becoming aware You don't need to tap him on the shoulder and rip off his pants until he gets home. You're allowed to take him home. So you learn from the from this Shuma Sadeh and Arush another fascinating concept in Kabbalah Beriyot. And you know what that is? That even on a Torah level, right? Because it's a Torah level for a coin to be in the same room as a dead person. But why do you need to alert him immediately? Let him be in his ignorance's bliss, right? The Al Taisa. You understand? Guys, there's, there, there's, there's, there's two ways of sinning. One is that passively, right, the guy that's staying in the same room as the Kohen, right, as his grandfather, the, the, the Rabbeinu Asher, which is one of the biggest pillars of Halakha, says because of human dignity, even on a Torah level thing, you could delay letting the guy know that he's sinning, so he doesn't need to get naked in the middle. Of his, let him get to his house, then let him know that he he's wearing wool and linen together. Let your dad get dressed out of the shower, and then let him know that his grandfather died. Then he'll leave, right? Because he's the, the, the he's already in the situation. You understand, and you don't have an obligation to to tell him. That Gemara is only talking about what? The person becomes cognizant himself. But you as a bystander, because of, because of this mitzvah, that it's important to preserve human dignity, you understand? You could put your brakes, hold your horses, and only tell them after they get robed. Or wait till he gets home to get disrobed, okay? The Rambam does not hold like this. We Sephardic, I guess, uh, we got the Middle Eastern fanaticism, because he has a different gear, so the Rambam learned the Gemara with a different uh, word, the Rambam said even if you find it in your own so listen to what a Rambam says chapter 10, kilayim 29 haroi kilayim al the Rambam was even if your friend is wearing it you have to jump on it and rip it off him because he shouldn't be sinning right, so take his uh robe off him, like the Arabs wear, tunic even if it's your rebbe because in front of God, where there's a Chilul Hashem. So it seems over here that there's an essential um, dispute amongst Maimonides, the Rambam and the Rosh. Whether, the question is here, we'll give the guy five minutes before you alert him that he's sinning, right? So Rabbeinu Asher and the Truma Sadashen says in like the case of the Kohen and Kilayim, right? You could delay telling him, right? Because, He's a shogig, You understand? You know what a shogig is? Shogig is he's an invertent sinner. He's an unknowing sinner. So that's a much lower level of sin. So the rush understands that if you're an unknowing sinner, you're not purposely rebelling against God, the it right? So we, the rush holds, this is a very important rush. Keep this in mind because it's going to make a difference about a whole family falling apart. We're going to get to the of Yehuda. So, the, the the Rush basically holds that since I don't know that my grandfather died, so the bystanders don't need to let alert him till he gets cold. then tell him and he'll leave. Same thing by the case of Kilani. The Rambam holds not like that. The Rambam holds that we need to alert him right away. Now I just wanted to bring a few other cases of how rabbinic sin gets stepped over on. Bypass because of human dignity. If you look at the Rambam, again, over there, he says, he brings some wonderful cases. He says, the Rambam learned something fascinating. The Rambam holds, as long as the sin is not explicitly in the Torah, even though it may be Torah, law, See, the way my Rebbe Rabsvi explained this is, the fact that the Torah says you have to listen to the rabbis, is that clear? Lotosur minadavar, it's talking about the Jewish Supreme Court. The oral Torah says, the, the reason why we have to listen to every rabbinical enactment is because we also have to listen to the Jewish Supreme Court in the time of the Temple. But one could argue, that's not, that's not lava but betaira. Is that clear, clear that, that it's the same thing? No. I had a, one Shabbat, I had a five hour argument with one of my lawyer friends that said, and he's right. I have to admit to you, Rafi, you're right. The oral Torah is, is teaching us that from the lava of lotuser, don't go left and right from the word they tell you, that that also would apply to the sub so, Subsequence Knesset right? The 120 rabbis that wrote the Sidur and, right? But it's not Lav Hamma Furish So, these are just, I'll tell you another fascinating case. Let's say you're the Rabbi Netaneli. Do you know it's a mitzvah for you to return the lost object of your friend? Let's say the lost object is a little sheep. Like in the olden days, everybody used to have a farm in their house. And the sheep is not, is being very, Stubborn. So, is it, is it, do you think it's respectable for the Rosh Yeshiva, the most respected citizen of the city, Rabbi Netanelli or whoever, to hold a sheep in the middle of the street and bring it, return it? That's another example of zakan Veina Even a Torah law, so guys, I want to clear something. We're trying to learn the Sugya of when human dignity allows you to transgress the Torah, one of them, Rabbinic law, even if it's a negative, don't do, you're allowed to do it in order to preserve human dignity. Another thing is, even a Torah law, you're allowed to not do the mitzvah because it's not according to your kavod. For example, what? It's a mefreshah gemara and the brachor and Zakan ve'inu lefi kavodah. You know what zakan ve'inu lefi kavodah is? Let's say... You know your neighbor's animal got lost, but it's going to look very, very degrading because you're the rabbi of the city to to go return the animal. Because usually rabbis are not holding dogs or a cat in their arm, or you know, You're, you're it's it's just disgusting for you to do such a thing. You've never hoped... Let me give you a better stick. It's your 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 friend's pet hamster escapes. So I know that it's my. It's a lost hamster of my friend. But if the rabbi holding a hamster in the middle of the street. Is that a normal? Have you ever seen anybody do that? The Gemara allows you to say since it's a lav shevamamon, the Rambam says, since it's a monetary mitzvah and it's going to be very degrading for the Chacham to do this mitzvah, he's allowed, he's absolved. Why? Because of? Kavad Abrios. Or a coin is allowed to do rabbinical... It's a fascinating Gemara actually. The Gemara says... A, a co- do you know it's always a mitzvah to go see the president and the king like they say the king of Morocco visits LA do you know it's a mitzvah to go re- a rabbinical mitzvah to go visit him and you even say bracha on him you know why because you're going to see how big of an entourage a president and king has in this world Melech HaMashiach is going to be what a thousand times more right so you, the Kohanim, in the, the, the Gemara says here, the Kohanim used to jump on top of coffins. Let's say the Greek emperor or the Roman emperor was visiting Israel, right? So the rabbis the, that were Kohanim would jump on top of the coffins, but a Kohen is not allowed to touch a coffin. So the Gemara says, no, the coffin had a halal tefach, so it's only rabbinical tumah, right? So these are different cases. So you see, kabba is a very loose term. To give kabba to a king and because I mean, in the future when Mashiach comes, you're going to see how much the kavod of the Melech Mashiach is. Those are different. And I'll tell you the most classical case, guys. We hope this never comes up. But let's say you're a Kohen and you're, you're a Kohen Gadol. Right? And you have to go do the Yom Kippur Avoda. And you see a dead body in the middle of the desert. What do you need to do? Because of this great myths of human dignity, if, if you don't bury this poor soul that has, was murdered, right? This Jewish soul, the, the ravens and dogs and coyotes and jackals are gonna come eat him, right? So that's another case of Kavar Abriot. I, I'm the supreme king of the Qanim, I'm the messenger of the entire nation of Israel, I need to go represent them and bring, do all the Yom Kippur stuff, or go do bring me Love, my kid. Or whatever, bring korban Pesach. The more says no, because of kavod abriot, the dignity of mankind. We do what? So this brings us to the most fascinating and juicy part of our class, and that is the Neid of Yehuda. The Neid of Yehuda was given a fascinating question. In the olden days, my my cousin knows this. Before the founding of Ruchaim Velushiner, the Velushiner Yeshiva, every city's rabbi was also the Rosh Yeshiva. And um, unfortunately, in one of these cases, there was no dormitories. So what happened in that case is something crazy. People used to dorm in the basement or one of the rooms of the local hospitable people, right? Like boarding, boarding. They would board. So what happened was, is that there was a wonderful gentleman. He hosted a nice yeshiva bachar in his house. This is in the Neviy Yehuda, Siman thirty-five, Lamed Hey, in Mahadura Kama. Well, guess what, little. So, let's call the guy Reuven. Reuven was boarding for three years. This is a true story, guys. In the basement of a very nice couple, the guy was going to yeshiva. A week after the right after the Shavuot brachos, he comes to his father-in-law. Right. And he says, you know what? I had an affair with my mother-in-law, your wife. Right? So the question is, this is a very fascinating case of kavod Briot. Would we, now, now what's the kavod Briot here? What's the human dignity? If this guy divorces his wife, right? Are you allowed to live with your wife once you know she cheated on you? No. The question here is, the son-in-law was exploding. The son-in-law that was sleeping in the basement was sleeping not in the basement alone. When the husband was out of town, he was sleeping with his the woman that ended up becoming his mother-in-law. You understand the case. The question is, because of human dignity, can we keep what happened in Vegas, stays in Vegas, right? And keep it a secret? Or on the other hand, she's a sota, right? And the man that slept with her is readily admitting to his sins. So what's the halacha? It's a big right? A person cheating with his mother-in-law. His wife is going to divorce him. The other guys, two families are going to get broken here. This guy just got married to his wife. It's ugly. Noidabi Yehuda makes a compelling argument and says, according to the rush, remember the rush we said that what don't what what when you're ignorant and you don't know you're wearing. The kliyim, we don't have to tell you. So he says maybe in this case. Such a thing is going to kill him. It's devastating news not only to that two families; it's the whole community. It's a scandal, affair. A yeshiva bachur going sleeping with his boarding mother that ended up become his mother in law, right? So he says according to the Rosh, Maybe we shouldn't tell the husband, right? I'm, I'm sorry, the case that happened here is very clearly that he, he, he came and told the rabbi, right? He confessed to the rabbi. So the question is here, should we let the father of the family know the scandal for him to divorce his wife or no? So that he wants to say maybe no. Why? Cause this is what guys remember? Let's bring practical what we learned. This is the glory of this class. Shav Al Taisa means who's every time this guy sleeps with his wife because he didn't know he cheated on her. Is he sinning willfully or or unknowingly? Unknowingly. So for the fact for the fact that there shouldn't be such a big chilashem, the Yabi Yehuda says initially let's keep it secret. We could be rely on the Rosh and. Let bygones be bygones. Let these two families not get divorced. It's a disgusting and despicable low-life thing that happened here. But according to the Rosh, it's only Sheval Taiseh. It's only passively sinning, right? Because he's not aware that his wife cheated on him. And also, you could argue that his wife also was a I His wife knew that she's a cheater. The Nei Yehuda says, well, no. The wife didn't know that if she cheats on her husband, she's going to become a Sota necessarily. Cause in the past days, the women weren't, she never learned Gemara, right? It's possibly she didn't know the halach of Sota. But in the end of the day, the Noah's W. Yehuda says no. Let the scandal come out and let the chips fall where they is. You know why? Cause this rush is based on the Yoshami. The Yoshami says, you're only allowed to delay and let the guy sin passively once. But this guy potentially is going to sleep with his wife thousands of times. So the What this says, end of the day, since this is not delaying a sin only once, but it's a whole lifetime of sin, right? Because he's supposed to divorce her. She's like a sota woman. She's a cheater. She's an adulterer. So I don't care who gets messed over. I don't care, you know, let the chips fall, you know, where they are, and it's going to be a terrible, terrible shame. But this whole heter of the rush it's very interesting. Some people do argue on the night no, of Yehuda, Rab Yecheskelanda, which was the, one of the great Ravs. And guys, it's the days of Shovavim, so let's put some Musar here. It's absolutely forbidden to ever be alone with a woman, because you see, hanky panky does happen. And you should never talk too much with women. These are the times, the auspicious times of Shovavim, where we rectify the sin of wasting our seed and doing sexual sin, right? Shovavim, people, a lot of people fast. It, you see from this case that we just demonstrated. But guess what, guys? One of the great Hasidic poskim, the Sanzarov, the Chayim, he says no. He argues on the No Debi And he says... For the sake of cover up that this scandal shouldn't get out, I argue on the of Yehuda. And he says the Yoshalmi is not a, is not, is not a proof against it. And since the Rosh is a very important halakhic authority, in order to save the family from shame, you're allowed to do what? Keep it a secret. Let him sleep with his wife. That's really a sota. And be, be, believe it or not, our great rabbi, the Benishkai also concurs with this. You know why? Cause the Benishchai says that this guy saying that he did it, no, 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 the, the rabbi here is between a rock and a hard place, right? Somebody came and confessed to the rabbi that I've slept with my mother-in-law before she was my mother-in-law. Shall, should I tell my father-in-law or not? But the, the Benishchai brings an interesting heter, and you know what that is? In Raphaelit, he says the rabbi wasn't witness to this. So again, for him, it's a shabal tais. So if he's passive, right? Let the, let the son-in-law go tell his father-in-law, right? So he says, for shalom bayit, it's okay not to tell. Right? Ben And this is not the only time that Ben says this. You know, if somebody commits suicide, they're not supposed to be, God forbid, buried inside the uh, Jewish cemetery. And the the, the 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 whole family does not sit shiva, they don't make a memorial, they don't make the you know, because he doesn't have a p- place in Olam Haba. You're not allowed to take your own life, so Benishkai says if there's no suicide note, he brings the same logic. What happens if a family is not sitting shiva? Ninety nine point nine percent out of a million people, when their grandparents or parents pass. They make a hat, right? They make a memorial. Everybody sits on the ground. If it, you know what a shameful thing it is. If these people don't observe the halachas of Jewish mourning, they're gonna, the whole they're going to look like low lives. They're going to be such shameful that they, because it's the worst sin to make, commit suicide, right? And Ishai in that Shuvah and Rab Palim says a lot of fascinating things. But the underlying thing is, it's so shameful for the people, surviving people. And he says a fascinating thing. He says maybe the last second before the guy did suicide, he regretted it. But it was too late, right? He was falling off the cliff, right? And again, he uses the same logic that for sure if there's no suicide note, right? Because of human dignity, we can do What? save the family from shame, and we will bury him in the Jewish neighborhood, right? Cemetery. We will sit shiva, we'll do the normal protocol for what? Every normal being. May Hashem help us to respect each other. That's what the whole emphasis of the Torah is. It says, the the Rambam says, love your neighbor as yourself, means respect your neighbor as yourself. It's so easy, and it's going to help Mashiach come, And we need him so desperately, Amen, Kenya, that's all. Amen.